Welcome back to the Buddhist Millionaire Podcast. Ha, what a day. I tell you, today is a good day because I woke up to find out that my agent gave me the green light on my new novel. So that's good news. I I actually, to be fair, I have to jump through a couple of hoops first. She frightens me, man. She's scary. She's my hardest hurdle with my agent. Anyway, so we got past her. So that's a a good thing. Just got to make a couple of adjustments. Um, So I'm happy. Things start off well. As you know, this podcast is uh, powered by coffee. <laughs> Very little else. So if you feel you want to buy me a coffee, you can do that at my Buy Me A Coffee page. Link is with this uh, episode. And of course, thanks to our podcast partner, Friends, the platform for podcasters who want to reach everyone. Hey, listen, I'm very excited about today's guest. This guy I met when I was working in a private London school, I think. I was running the karate program there. And I think... He'll tell me when he comes on if he's, if I'm wrong. I think he was teaching primary, maybe. But he's a guy who exudes passion and love for what he does, right? He's just probably the happiest guy I've seen. He was always, teaching can be a hard profession, right? But he was always very, very positive. But it's not just that. He has a ton of talents. He's teacher, producer, actor, director, internet sensation, I must say. But beyond all that, and beyond being a good, all-round, good, decent geezer, <laughs> is it, I'd, I'd, I'd love to have this. He's even won Shed of the Year. Not only that, the lockdown repurposed category. I mean, we'll talk about that later, but that's awesome. So uh, please welcome my guest, Mr. Ashley Bates. Hello, mate. Hello, buddy. You all right? Yeah, I am very well. Thank you. You're on half term at the moment, aren't you? Yes, and uh, loving the weather here in London. It's uh, lovely and sunny this week, which makes a change. Is it? What do you got? What sort of temperatures you got? Oh, well, I say it's lovely and hot. It's nothing <laughs> compared to where you are. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, what is it at the moment? 23, which... Positively honest, 20... balmy. Yeah, 10 in the morning, pretty good. That's pretty not good. bad, is it? What we got here, it's what am I, man? One o'clock, it's pushing 44. It's that kind of... You know, even the dog won't go out and have a wee in the garden because it's way too hot. So looks at me going, it's just too hot. <laughs> yeah, that, that is that is quite warm, actually. That's very, very, very warm. <laughs> Listen, man, thanks for coming on. And um, I wanted to speak Thank to you, you today because you strike me. You've always, in my head, for those who still are unsure of what a Buddhist millionaire is, let me explain. You need to, you neither need to be a Buddhist or a millionaire, but it's my description of someone who walks the line between two extremes at one extreme is the broke creative i love what i'm doing darling but i make like nothing and the other one is the kind of the rich executive who's stamping on everyone's head so buddhist millionaire is someone who sits in the middle they're walking a meaningful life and they love what they're doing but you know they're paying the bills so ash you are always i always feel you one of those guys whenever i've walked past you in the corridors you just just a positive bloke but Looking into what you've done, you're not just all frill, you know, happy frills and positivity. You do some serious, like serious stuff. So I want to pick your brains actually about how you walk that tightrope between a very creative life that you clearly love, but you also do like real work. I mean, you're a teacher, that's right? real work and that's hard work. Tell me, tell me a bit about your story, man. I think it's that thing, isn't it? I, I, I spent a long time, I worked as an actor for, for 10 years um, and that's what I trained to do. I went to uni and was like, I want to be, a, well, I want, initially want to be a stand-up um, and that's what I had passion in. I actually passion didn't know that. That's really, I, I knew you were in acting. I didn't know you wanted to be a stand-up. That's interesting. Yeah, that's how I started off. I was 16 and kind of just doing stand-up on the kind of on the circuit and um, 
really enjoyed it, really loved it. Um, and then kind of went to uni and said, no, I just want to do comedy. That's all I want to do. And then left and went, this is really hard. Like, this is really difficult to strive in this. You kind I of hear comedy is brutal, isn't it? Apparently you just, it's a, it's an absolute killer. It's so hard because you do gigs all week and you do a gig on a Sunday and it'll go absolutely amazing. Everybody would really enjoy it. And then you do a gig the next day and then nobody laughs and you go, hang on a minute. It's the same material. Same What's yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and it was, it was a difficult time. And I, I found kind of some acting jobs and did little bits here and there, but it's never really enough to, to get by. Um, so you, you have to find those other professions that you can do that pays the bills. And yeah. I think every will admit that they have two jobs they're an actor but they also wait tables or they they're teaching or they 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 have something else that they can put their time and yeah. get some money back from because the money thing is a real thing uh, right? it's a real actual cost i mean you know those bills are coming through the door and it's all very well yeah. kind of being positive and visualizing going i am an oscar award-winning but well, that's cool until santander tell you that you haven't paid the last three months mortgage right or other, other banks exactly. are equally <laughs> able to attack you. <laughs> and also, like any like any industry, you've got to put money into it. So you've got to have headshots. You need you could do with a video. You could do with that kind of showreel that then you've got to pay for. You've got to have money. You've got to sign up to subscription services to get the jobs. So therefore, you have to have 20 quid a month to pay for that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And it's all those other bits. So you go, actually, I'm... I've got to pay out before I even have the opportunity of getting a job, which yeah. is which is crazy. But I think every profession is like that. Um, musicians have to buy the guitar before they can yeah. get a gig. Yeah, there's a big outlay before you see. I found this with novel writing that it's all, you know, obviously in my teaching days, you get paid per term. So you're max waiting, what, six weeks or whatever. But in, yeah. in, the, in the writing world, just like with you in the acting world and in the music world, you're doing maybe a year's work before you even see anything. And it changes your brain, right? You're thinking, oh, man, that's beans again. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, but, yeah, so I spent a lot of time doing that. So I was, like, kind of acting on the evening and then waiting tables during the day. Um, and I did lots of clown stuff. So I was working at the weekends. I'd be away being a clown. And then Monday to Friday, I was working in a restaurant doing magic at tables. So it's kind of juggling those two things. Yeah. Um, and then, then I started teaching and found, oh, actually, this is quite – this is really enjoyable. I'm quite enjoy doing this. This is good fun. And the money was regular. Um, and it allowed that creativity to kind of seep into the, the, the teaching world. Right. You stood there and you're doing stuff and in front I, of the class. Yeah. Sharing ideas and making videos and, Oh, hang on a minute. I can use those skills in here. Um, and that's how I kind of, yeah, found myself. Actually, that is a really good point because that's very obvious. I mean, I, as you know, when I was teaching karate in a lot of different schools, I was seeing, hundreds of teachers, thousands of pupils, because and I had the luxury, because I was peripatetic, I had the luxury of being in different places. So my point, I saw a lot of teachers and I, you know, some better than others, but the thing I like about your teaching is that you bring a lot of different skills to the game. And therefore it's just, it's not, I don't mean entertaining as in you, it's frivolous, not at all. You do some serious work, but it's good. You bring something else. It just makes it really interesting. You know, I, I think looking back at some of my teachers thinking, oh, I wish I had a, wish I had an Ashley Bates or, or for you, it would Mr. Bates. That would have been, that would have been amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's cool to do that. Right. I think that's exactly it. It's making it fun. And that's what I've always quite enjoyed is then how can we make 
it's enjoyable um, and make it memorable as well. So adding in thing, sim- little simple things like doing a little bit of magic because I go, oh, okay, I, I know how to do magic. I could do that here. Yeah. Then suddenly makes that mass lesson a little bit more interesting because you're making things disappear or reappear into two. And okay, we've got two here. Fantastic. It then mm-hmm. makes it a little bit more enjoyable yeah. rather than going one and two. Yeah. yeah it's as that i like that i really like that listen let me you just put a couple of things there which um challenge some of my thoughts so here's the thing right as you know i'm a bit of a bull in a china shop dude right i kind of the idea comes i'm a both feet out the window type guy i'm all in or all out now i realize that <laughs> <laughs> that does not work for everyone, right? It absolutely doesn't. It, it freaks some people out. But for me, I'm kind of better when I'm fighting out of a corner. D- does that make sense? Yeah, Whereas yeah, if, I have, if, I'm, if I have my foot in uh, one thing and another, I do both of them pretty badly. So my question, do you find that kind of towing two lines, has it... Has it destroyed your creative? Does it take your eye off your kind of passion, creative zone? Or are you still, if someone said to you, listen, Ash, I've got a job for you, a big job, film, TV, whatever. Can you do both? Can you be safe, inverted commas safe, and creative? Can that work? I think so. I think it's how you balance it. Okay. And I think it's how you get those um, yeah, those balances right. I'm I'm severely dyslexic, and I, I really struggle to sit down and do something for a very long period of time. Whereas I, even sitting here, going, "Well, oh, I could do that, and I could do that, I could do that," yeah. um, and that just tends to be how my brain works: is that I can potentially do more than one thing at the same time, but keep them. They won't be. Well, they, they never get fully complete. Right. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 I kind of spin the plates and keep them going um, and I think that's kind of similar to with how I try and do my work is that I've got to keep teaching stuff going and even today I've got stuff to mark and reports to write but on the flip of that I've also got to redo my website um, that I know I've got to do that later on so it's managing the two and trying to keep them both as fun and creative as possible and uh, yeah. um, so I don't get bored. Um, I, I, I tell you, I cannot relate to that anymore. I, I absolutely am all about that because it, it, you're right. It's the ball. I don't know if that's a weakness. Sometimes I wonder if I'm a bit ADHD, right? I don't know if it's yeah. a weakness or a strength. And I, it depends on how I use it. Whereas if you get bored, new ideas come in, which are often quite good, but it's the finishing, isn't it? It's that kind of taking yeah. it to the finish line. That's actually. Yeah, it's always, it's, I always find it's getting it. You get it so far and then it's like, okay, and it then gets a bit. I, I think it's it's not bored, but you kind of lose interest and then it's like, okay, well, I've got to make this more exciting. How can I switch and change this up to make it something a bit different um, and or add in something else that makes it more appetizing for other people? Um, yeah, it's keeping it alive. Yeah, that's good. And, and you, you, have, you have some great ideas. As I said at the, at the intro to this, not only you're not just creative fluff, that's, that's why you qualify as a Buddhist millionaire is that you have great ideas, you implement them. And one of those um, was, was a great idea, was the Shed School. Can you speak to us a little bit about the Shed School? Because that was a, that started as just a kind of, well, you explain the Shed School. I love this. I really love this project. So, um, actually, like I, said, I was working as a teacher last year. We obviously, when we all went into lockdown, all the schools were closed. Um, and I was at home and I thought, oh, you know, what, what, what can I do to kind of, continue some learning because a few parents it was actually a parent next door our neighbor said oh oh Mr Bates you're a teacher do you think you could help us 
um, teach our children. I said, yeah, I'm sure I could probably do something. Obviously, my school's now shut. Everyone's schools are shut. Um, so I thought, okay, I could put some lesson plans together and put some stuff up. Um, and and then I thought, actually, why don't I just put something up on Facebook as like a, a live lesson mm. and see if people watch it. Um, and that's how it started. I just basically went into the shed, um, cleaned out the shed because it was full of stuff. I thought, oh, it'd be nice and quiet in here. Nice, nice little recording booth. This is perfect. Sitting here with a tripod and my phone and like hit Facebook Live because never used it before. Facebook Live. <laughs> Why not? It's a blue button. That's the thing you've never used. Exactly. And, so, and somewhere there's a country explodes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's see what happens here. And um, yeah, and then just kind of taught a lesson online. And from that, I had loads of feedback from friends and relatives saying, that was brilliant. Can you please do some more? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. I put together some lessons and it, and it kind of spiraled from there, really. Um, we started off with kind of, yeah, just kind of 10, 15 people watching on Facebook and YouTube. And then we kind of developed and we had at one stage about 4,000 people watching um, across the world. Yeah. Um, and then I continued from through lockdown teaching every day, maths and English. Um, and it, yeah, it, it spiraled from there, really. It became a it became quite a staple, especially especially for those kids that weren't getting anything from their schools. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it, it, it was touched giving. a number of but hit a number of buttons, didn't it? Because it was uh, it was um, kind of generous enough for you to be given the time, right? It, it, it's creative. There's also um, bloody good teaching in there because Sherry, as you know, early years specialist, she she forwards that as um, as some lesson plans as well. She really likes it from a teaching point of view. So it's a it's a really good teaching resource, and it got some massive. You really kind of touched people's hearts with that because it got some pretty big coverage, didn't it? It was amazing. Yeah. Before we knew it, we were then, um, yeah, we had a few interviews and a few things went out in kind of local papers <clears throat> and then, um, and yeah, and then Radio 2 called and said, oh, can you be on Zobal Breakfast yeah, Show? No, on the Zobal Show, wasn't it? On the Breakfast Show or something, I think. Yeah. Going, yeah, like, okay. yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> what was weird, I think what was really weird about it, I was just doing what I wanted to be doing anyway. This, it wasn't like, everyone said, oh, how does it feel to be doing this? I said, well, I, I would have been doing it anyway because yeah. it's, it's natural it's a teacher it's what I would have been doing I'm a teacher yeah, yeah um but yeah it was amazing and then we got put on the kind of the independence happy list um which was really amazing uh, and then yeah voted for um the Telegraph's lockdown awards uh, we were non non nominee for that nominee is that the right nominee. word yeah, that's yeah I, I, you don't want to say um, that after too many pomegranate juices do you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no I need another coffee um and uh yeah from that then, yeah, we just had loads of bits and pieces come through. And then I started reaching out to companies saying, well, look, this is going really well. I want to keep going with this. Um, can I use some of your resources? Can I use some bits and pieces? And then, yeah, big companies like White Rose Maths and Twinkle said, yeah, please do. And it was lovely. Yeah, you've got to get big a supporters on there, some big players, right? That's good. It was really lovely to have the backing from them um and the reading agency as well as an uh, ambassador for the reading agency oh, last yeah, yeah. summer with their summer reading project and again it was lovely to be involved in such a big project with people like david Badil and um um just loads of people uh, uh, rob Bedolf and authors that are kind of yeah. way up there in my opinion to be suddenly put on that stool with them was really really lovely i love um, it man you just des you deserve personally i think you deserve every part of it and i just want to because it I mentioned this in a podcast the other day, actually. I just want to, I posted this 
Let me just look. I'm just scrolling from. Ah, oh, here we go. I woke up thinking about this the other day, and it, it just linked to just what you said, where you said, I, I wasn't really trying to, essentially, to paraphrase, I wasn't trying to be big or famous, but I was just doing what I was doing, right? And I wrote this the other day. Creation is the goal. Popularity and success are just two possible outcomes. If you want a world of headache, do things the other way around. And I found this with, with Buddhist millionaires, or you know what I symbolize as Buddhist millionaires, is that they often, the successful ones, they start off with something they would be doing anyway. They would be doing whether they were making a million or making nothing. And it's weird how those things kind of roll. Whereas when you're pushing to make a buck and you're really pushing, 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 often just doesn't work. Now, I'm not even going to bother asking how you think that works. Actually, I do want to know because I have no idea. How does that work? Because it, it's so hit and miss, isn't it? It is. I think the only thing I can compare it to are those people that are desperate to be famous and in, in the acting in, industry and in that kind of performance. Oh, you must see a lot of that, right? There's a lot of people that you just go, you just want to be famous. You just want to have your wedding in OK magazine. You, you want to be of that spectrum of yeah. where people paparazzi are outside your door. Um, but I never really understood why anybody would want that because it's that, envision, that kind of invasion of privacy that you go, yeah. well, why didn't why would you want to have that? Yeah. But I suppose celebritism on the TV, that's all that people then, some people aspire to. Um, when you aspire just to be creative and just to, to make, your focus is not on that outgoing. It's more about the what you're doing for other people mm. and that help that you're providing. Um, and that was certainly how it was with the Shed School. It was amazing that, that people were getting so much for it. Uh, and the best thing for me was the feedback I was getting from parents saying, hey, this was brilliant. Thank you so much. And here's a photo of my ch children doing yeah. the activity that you've done at home. And uh, yeah, that, that was the best bit because I was going, well, I'm glad you're enjoying it because I'm just doing what I would do anyway. If it was one person or 100 people, it's, yeah. it's that's, that, that, that kind of drive. Um, and I think that's where some people might then get that drive wrong. If you're pushing for something like being famous, then you, you that's, never a, really... that's a really good point we're watching i don't know if you've seen it we might have seen it on netflix at the moment the kaminsky method with uh what's his name i can't remember it's very good it's about a guy yeah. with an acting not richie i always get rich michael douglas michael douglas plays a an acting coach right anyway the point is the other night he said and this is relevant because i'm thinking about this because now i've moved into fiction writing as well he talks about wants and needs. You'll know this as an actor. And he said, if you mix up, and this is true in the old, you know, characterization, if you mix up wants and needs, what you get is someone, you know, I think I want a big house, but actually beyond the need of having a roof over your head, what you want is kind of acceptance. And I think when people get involved in going after stuff, whether it be acting or business, they often mix those things up. And if you mix them up, it's a it's can be a disaster right you've got to stick to your kind of core that's the drive force i think you lose other elements as well if you start to say right i just want those things and that's what i want all the time then you suddenly well hang on a minute Ooh, friends start to drip off and your family starts to go well, actually you're not driven with us anymore you're not giving us the time therefore you lose family members and i think it's a very dangerous way to to deal with things so actually what what we really need is just to be to be to be good people and to help other people and i think from that you get all those things um you get all that support and yeah if you can make it work uh, and balance it correctly then you can be a millionaire within yourself yeah uh, on lots of different levels 
Yeah, I like that. You, you, you speak from a quite an emotional point there about um, kind of from the heart, if you like. Can I just ask then, do you have a, you don't have to tell me, but just interested. Do you have a sort of spiritual framework? Do you know what I mean? Does, does that drive you? I, it does for me. For, when I speak of coming from the heart, I, I would say I'm a, a big spiritual framework in my life. Does that, does, do you? Yeah, I must say, I, I'm not a, I'm not a spiritual person as such as a, uh, it's one thing I've never really thought about. I've never really kind of thought, oh, okay, well, I'm definitely, I'm religious and therefore I do this and that. And it's just kind of, um, I don't know. There's a certain element of the support that you give from others. The feeling that you get from giving support to other people is better than the support that you get if you paid for it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. that kind of, that what you get back off, other people and you and you sense it. I think the older you get the more you sense it with especially with friends and people that are around you that you kind of go well I couldn't I couldn't buy this this isn't something that I could buy and therefore my me helping that person out is just because I want to do it and I'm not doing it for them I'm doing it for me because I want to help yeah, yeah. Um, and that feeling that yeah potentially is as close to a spiritual sense um, is that it feels really nice personally yeah. so yeah. yeah i don't know i've never really uh, delved into that area no. but maybe yeah maybe i am quite because you yeah because you sort of have that essence but again you're right and i think in a world that is speeding up i don't you know like <laughs> every every you know every second week you need an upgrade right it's getting faster yeah. and faster and faster and faster and faster and i think uh, and more chasey you know I do think it's important for us to do, as, as just as you were talking about there, that kind of essence of thinking about giving more. And whatever comes then from that giving, great. I will take it with both hands, right? We don't, you know, we don't need to be frightened of success. But, but going with that sort of giving first and thinking of others first, I think it's just, it's, it's getting lost, that ideal. And I think it would be good to bring it back. I really do. We did something the other day and it was, I just had loads of, I used to do Lego animation stuff. Um, and I had loads of Lego that I just haven't used anymore. And I was going to sell it all. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll sell it. I'll make some money. I'll get that money back. And then I said to my wife, well, actually, I don't really I don't really want the money because I'm like, I don't really need it at the moment. Like, not because I'm not because I'm really wealthy or anything. I just it's, I don't really want to. So yeah. we set up a little table out the front and, um, and just said, look, anyone who likes to come along can come take it. And it was amazing, like just little kids coming in, people coming. And, oh, do you mind me taking this? No, 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 please, please take it. It's, I, I really don't want it. And that felt better just by kind of offering that out and seeing them go away. Little kids with this, oh, my, oh, look, I've got this amazing new piece of Lego to play with at home. That felt better than me selling it and getting money for it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's those things that you go, I should be doing those kind of little helpless acts that kind of... To really to just to, 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 uh, to help other people no, I like do make it, it better and I, you usually look over it I suppose no it's lovely and you, you definitely you can see that in the as I say I, I interview now I interviewed a load for the book and I've done how many of these podcasts I've done loads so I, I see a lot of people who I interview as Buddhist millionaires and they all have that in common that kind of that kind of giving essence as I say not it's not fluffy or flaffy or lavender and all that sort of stuff I have no problem with lavender but you know what I mean you know, they, there's some there's some no nonsense work going on with these people, but they have at their core, just as you do, that kind of light about them. I like it. It's, it. It makes my day working, interviewing, very pleasant to be around people like that. So let me ask you this then, because it seems to me, you know, as a teacher and, you know, me as a teacher as well, we're in a good position to 
to kind of show these sort of not what are they, ethics ideas we're in a, you know i reckon the more children knew about buddhist millionaireship i use that terminology you don't have to but you, you understand what i mean i yeah. think that would bring the next generation i think that would be a positive move don't you reckon the whole idea of people going look follow your passion that's a bit of a cliche follow your passion we need something a bit more open than following your passion but do you think it's useful for kids I, th- I absolutely i think it's finding something that they can um there's one thing that we did the other week that um it was try and get children to think about stuff creatively um and that any idea is an amazing idea it doesn't matter what idea it is um and they could all tell you what their favorite book was they go oh yes yeah mine's a gruffalo mine's this mine's a brilliant okay let's create our own book oh well i can't do that okay well you, you can okay name me an animal oh um a chicken um name me um I don't know, name me a type of tree. Okay. And they picked all these random things together and suddenly we kind of created this lovely story and then they were building pictures around it. And it was to try and highlight that that creative element that they've got, everybody has in them, is is like a tap. It's like a magic tap for amazingness, the, the stuff that can come out. Yeah. Um, and to, to, to develop it and keep it going and... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that the next generation will kind of just keep that level of creativity and wonder going. I'm sure. I'm sure. Do they you will. find that? Um, do you find that? So I, I was certainly found this. Some some students almost had to be told that you can open up. They like had a like had a restriction on themselves. You know what I mean? Like, I, you send them off to do something, and then and they couldn't do it without A to Z instructions. Yeah. You know, yeah. and if you gave them the freedom, it's like kind of lost in the freedom. You found that they're sort of restricted by, please tell me what to do. Yeah. It's that kind of it's that uncertainty of that checking in, especially and, and younger children do do a lot of it. But that checking in, of, oh, can I do this? Am I allowed to color this in now? Can I do that? Am I allowed? Is that all right? And it's that over assurance that they need to make to to, to do what they need to do. Yeah. Um, and. I don't know if that's a kind of a, it might be a scared thing where they're scared of getting something wrong and scared of being told off maybe and scared of stepping out of line. Um, but once you break down those walls and say, look, I'm not, like I always say with all my class, I'm not worried about your spelling. I'm never worried about you spelling something incorrectly. I'm never going to get told off for spelling something wrong. All I want to see is then you go, okay, I've got that wrong. I now need to learn that to get it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's taking that on instead of going oh well i got it wrong it doesn't matter yeah. it's actively going hey cool i've got it wrong i now know that that's wrong therefore i need to make sure i do it right yeah absolutely that's yeah. sort of growth growth mindset fixed mindset stuff absolutely yeah. very i know that's big at the moment but i i read carol dweck stuff many 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 years ago because i don't know if you know as a tennis player i was i was that restricted child i needed to win so i wanted to win wimbledon so badly that I got further and further and further away from it from every as, with every tennis ball I hit. I choked yeah. my own career, right? And then later yeah. as a martial artist, which is a kind of slightly different environment, I kind of fought freely. And from then, just you then just go, actually, you know, there are no things as mistakes. And that isn't a, yes, dear, it's fine to come last. We're all winners. I'm not suggesting that because I'm not, I actually, I'm not a big believer in that either. I think people should go, I came last. That's not a judgment but it's an observation which you can work from. I, I'm not a believer in that people should be told that it's an even field either. I think yeah, honesty. And then the admission that go, cool, you start at place 12 out of 12, right? 
right? It's not a problem. That's a start point. Where can we work from there? And I think that, again, that's the Carol Dweck stuff, isn't it? Fixed growth mindset. Yeah, yeah. What can you do to therefore progress yourself to get further? And analysing, like, well, what is going on? Like, I had to do the same with the Shed School stuff, really. I Before last year, I'd never streamed anything online. Right. Um, just use Facebook Live and hit, hit go. That's what um, I would have done, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, I didn't really understand the, the world of, of streaming. Yeah. Um, and kind of had a few problems with that, kind of put some music on and you, know, so you get shut off because of copyright and things. Of course, yeah. um, I kind of had to go, right, well, how can I make this better? Well, therefore, I need to learn. I've got to sit down and spend a neat couple of evenings teaching myself how to do this. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you trial and error it and all that didn't work and that did work. And oh, hang on a minute, I need a, something else there. And um, it takes, it, like anything, it takes a while. Even now, it's still not brilliant, but... It's compared to where I was before, just having a phone, I now understand kind of what levels and everything else needs needs to have. Yeah, that's, um, that's, it's it's leveling up, isn't it? But but what I found is that's not guaranteed in people. Like most people, if there's a mistake, I, I've seen that mistake is fatal, right? Rather yeah. than I can hear you there seeing a, like a, a problem and then going, ah, oh, how do we? How, what's the next step? How have you? come to that would you is that something you do naturally have your did your upbringing build that how can other people come because that's such i think that is that that's the only key to success at, at night time recognizing where am i this isn't working how to move forwards how can we encourage that in other people um i, I must say i'm not entirely sure it's kind of come uh, over the years i suppose of just kind of trialing stuff and giving stuff a go and um, I've always been one to just learning new skills. I just like learning new things. Hmm. And I think with that, then you're you're more accessible to failing at them. Um, things like I was always, I always like juggling, but I could never do it. So therefore I just sent, spent an evening just trying to do it. And, and then yeah. sort of spent many evenings doing it. Yeah. Um, and as soon as you've got it, right, I've got that. Right, what else can I learn? Okay, I'll do some stilt walking or I'll do something else. And the things that you just think, well, what you're never really going to use stilt walking but i've been doing i don't know if you saw on my instagram i've been doing exactly the same with handstands i just oh yeah yeah, yeah. right yeah. and so i did you know the, the kind of the goal was to get to a 15 a 15 second handstand is apparently quite a decent length whereby you're stabilizing your body etc etc fine sure, yeah. so, but just like you literally no point there's and that's no point other than just to just to do it yeah just to do it like i did a couple of years ago with a unicycle i've never ridden one i thought i just I want to learn how to do it yeah. absolutely no point because i'm not really going to use that to commute to work yeah. or to get down but i just thought well i can't do it therefore i would like to do it then that's if it's i think that's it's that mindset of going well if you, if you can't do something or you don't think you can do something we'll try it and see if you can because i'm sure you probably could if you give it a go yeah. um and yeah, I've just bought some like DJ decks just to again to get to DJ. I'm not a DJ at all, but I've always been like, oh, I, I think I could be that'd be quite good. I'm going to teach myself how to do it, and slowly we're getting there. My wife is not particularly very happy with it, but at the moment, but uh, we're getting there slowly. Well, you're sure she's not getting there at all. <laughs> <laughs> but but I this is this is a really common trait I found with uh, with the Buddhist millionaires is that curiosity. 
they are all kind of curious and they just want to go ah and i think curiosity is such a beautiful trait to have because it just makes life interesting I, i do believe life is a choice right you either are curious and it's just an endless stream of stuff or you're not and it can be a bit dull and meaningless i mean i I really do believe it's that kind of black and white and curiosity is so important for everyone eh yeah i think it's so important like this i don't know what i'd do if i just couldn't do anything like if i was like okay we'll just they're sitting and watching telly or there's or there's that it that's it (laughs) i i don't really get it like I, I I've got to do something and I think it's that element of having to do something my dad's very similar he's not he can't sit down and just do nothing it's got yeah. to have something going on so he's got he's doing his car and he's doing this and he's doing that and I think by by giving yourself lots of things to do even if you say oh, I can't do anything well name it why don't you try it and then therefore yeah. give it a go until you've learned it yeah um yeah I think it's I think that's really important just trial no, and error. Absolutely. Do you believe in? Um, so I do believe in this, and you don't have to. But I do think we. Well, I think we're unlimited. I think our our ceiling of potential is unli- only limited by our lack of imagination, right? I think if we can imagine it, we mostly can can get it, can achieve it. I don't know the time frame. My jury is out on the time frame because I've, I've pretty much all things I've chosen have happened. Time frame is not in my charge. And I, I then, then there was a point thinking, well, you know, is that realistic? What I, I, am I going to be a spaceman? Well, I don't want to be. I think that whatever we can imagine that we desire, I do genuinely believe we have the ability to achieve. What do you what do you think? Is that kind of a bit Pollyanna-ish or what do you reckon? No, I think that's quite. I think that's quite right, and I think it, it's got to be something that you want to do. And I think that's the hardest thing for, for a lot of people is finding out what they want to do, and what and what, and what now it's down to or why don't want to do anything. Well, there's lot. There's thousands of things in the world by trialing them, by giving them a go, you'll surely find something that you enjoy. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I think um, I think you're quite right, though. I think there's definitely that element that's there. Um, I'm just trying to think about kind of when I've done something like that. But um, yeah, mine's gone blank. Not Would sure. you go back to, do you still do stand-up? Um, I do presenting. I don't, I don't tend to do stand-up very often. As in presenting comics coming on, like emceeing? So I've done, yeah, so I do compare, compare work. Um, but it's a very difficult ball game. It was, it was great when I was doing it. Um, but you, I always lacked of like you have to have a, quite a strong sense of self with stand up. As um, in what? As in ego esque to to survive it or awareness? Awareness of who you are. Right. Um, and I always really struggled for long. I struggled for a long time of, of feeling who I was okay. in comparison to everybody else. So stepping out on stage normally when you see a stand up coming up. You can then say, okay, well, they they look a bit like this, therefore they're probably going to talk about this type of thing, or they total polar opposites. They look like something, but they're going to talk about something totally something different. Something else, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And instantly, then the audience are kind of, oh, I'm on your side. And I always battle with what I was saying compared to what I look like to make it kind of work. Right. Um, and I always that was always I just found that really challenging. 
Yeah, because Whereas people, we, people that's, that's a good point. People do come right or wrong. They come with their own kind of prejudice and bias or expectations. And if that yeah. doesn't meet, then you don't get this kind of cohesiveness, do you? And especially in comedy, you're that kind of like, is it going to be funny? And you do tend to get those people that because of what they're like and because of what they're talking about, it just works. And instantly you go, well, that's, that's, that was, well, that is brilliant. it's brilliant. It works really well. Um, whereas I then kind of, instead of doing the stand-up stuff, I, I preferred doing the clown work because it was, I knew that how to play, uh, how to play a character and how to play someone silly um, and how to make children laugh. Yeah. Um, and that was always, I was, quite enjoyed that because I could do that a little bit better than I could make adults laugh because adults I don't think people realise um, <laughs> how much artistry there is behind uh, clowning the clown like I've been to um, several Cirque du Soleil's and of course the clown plays a big part in that and actually it is stand up behind a mask it's genius isn't it it really is clever I've, I've, I've it's an art isn't it clowning it's amazing. It's amazing when you see like those kind of slow shows and um, Slava Snow Show. Which oh yeah, we we went to see that. That was unbelievable. That was the other one at the uh, Embankment. Bet one of the best oh, yeah, shows I've ever yeah. seen. Oh my god, it's so good. That whole routine with him in the jacket, which is just him, and it's like there's somebody else there, and it's just, it's just amazing. And when you see it done properly, it's beautiful, and it and it just yeah. You, you, I don't think you realise how long it takes to train to do that. Um, and those those people that have refined it and spent their life being that sad clown is just phenomenal. It's amazing. It's, 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 it's that, I mean, talking about creativity, really. I mean, that is the almost the epitome of that, isn't it? Because, you know, it's not something like, you know, you're not going to get a, an Oscar from that, possibly. You know, so, you, so you've, got, you've got to be in it for the love, right? You've got to be in it for the love. And it's an absolute craft. It's, it's beautiful. It really is beautiful. Do you, I don't even know. I must look this up, actually, after this. But where clowning started, I guess, in mime before with sort of Paris, I'm thinking. Yeah, so Comedia dell'arte was kind of where the clown stuff kind of came from originally, that kind of Comedia show, Italian uh, uh, shows just on the street where language was not necessarily always at the forefront because oh. of large audiences and things. Um, and then from that, um, there's a guy called Joseph Grimaldi who was the first clown, recognised clown in London, yes. um, who amazingly used to run between venues so he used to run between the south bank and um saddler's wells so he used to run between the shows wow um he was the first kind of white-faced clown that did that kind of physical performing yeah which we've seen you had acrobats and you had kind of the, the the circus stuff um um but he was the first one to kind of do that kind of white face clown work um and then it was kind of massively commercialized and bilbo in america and then obviously then ronald mcdonald and yeah. all those kind of big clown characters kind of went through the from the kind of 50s but a, lot, it, a lot of those then like all things once it got commercialized it lost its artistry and then, then oh, it became then it became a just like the internet it? every other post yeah. is yeah whatever but it lost that because those those artist clowns you know an artist yeah. is anything you can it, it kind of it's like they have it like a halo 
doesn't it? That level of it, of expression is, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. It's incredible. When you see one, yeah, when you see a clown step on stage and do, do a full show on his own, no talking for like an hour, and it's like, and you go on this full journey of, um, kind of he's using mime, and you, you can see where that person's gone, and um, it's 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 very clever, it's very very. It's not dissimilar to the same sort, of, like you say about in the Slava Snow um, show, is that the name of it, with the jacket. It's not dissimilar to magic in that you're sending someone's eye somewhere else. You're selling a lie, aren't you? You're constantly <laughs> selling an eye, and we're all buying it. We're all going. Oh, okay, and and you yes. until until you just see this thing come alive. It, they're very similar arts, I reckon. Yeah, absolutely. It's that kind of disillusion and getting your audience to fill in the gaps. Yeah. And that, and that is simple, like mime stuff, really. Like if you're doing this and holding a, a, your hand in a kind of semicircle and lifting it to your face, you instantly go, "Well, I recognise that motion. Therefore, he must be drinking water." Yeah. Um, Oh, but he's not drinking water because of the, the way that his face has reacted. It looks like it's salty water. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He hasn't actually told you it's, there's anything there. It could be, I don't know, it could be anything, but it's the way in which it's um, described to you that you then fill in the gaps. It's, it's um, beautiful. Work. It's, the, it's the art of the unsaid, isn't it? That, because yeah. it's what you leave out. And I find this, the more I try, you know, when I was um, first switched from nonfiction to fiction, you, you know, my dialogue was just just overwriting. It's what do you mean, Lassie? Fred's fallen down the hill. You know, the constant exposition, just just horrific. But actually, later, as you start to improve your sort of dialogue work, actually, it's what's left out. You realise yeah. tells the story more than what's left in. And I think that's when you watch those really amazing films that kind of lift, that just kind of really take you in and really gives you those kind of moments you go, Oh my God! You can just tell what's happened because of the look that that character's yeah. given. Yeah, it's the beats, isn't it? It's the it's the beats. It's not the. I'm really angry with you, Jeff. It's the beat. It's the kind of raised. And it took me a while to get. Of course, that will never end, right? I'm learning that all the time. But I, I find that is a little bit like um, uh, Zen Buddhism, you know, with the the garden. It's not what's left in. It's what's left out. It's all the undone in a in a Zen garden. And I think there's yeah. a lot to be said for that of, of, of life in general. Adding, 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 adding. Well, actually, if we start taking away, we get closer to what we want to do. And weirdly, the success comes from less. Less is more sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's so true. Less is definitely more with, uh, with life. Who have you got there on your lap? Oh, this is Mabel. She's, uh, she's just been sleeping. This tends to be oh, where she's Mabel sitting. is, be- is <laughs> Ashley's beautiful dashand. I think she's gorgeous. Yeah, she is dashand. Yeah, she's just been sleeping here. Just oh. on my lap. She's just getting up. Now, Ma- Mabel oh. is on the Buddhist Millionaire podcast. She is now the most famous dog we've had on the podcast. Apart from Smudge, of course. Yeah, she's got more, <laughs> more Instagram followers than I have. So. Yeah. yeah. So listen, what plans have you, have you, what extra new plans have you got moving ahead then? Because um, you're always creating stuff. You got anything on the, on the wire? Yeah, so we are, well, at the Shed School at the moment, and there's obviously all the stuff is still up online, all the work is still there, all the lessons. You're, you're still doing new lessons for it, or, or is it just running what's already on there? So everything's still up on there at the moment. We ran a load of mental health lessons um, up until Christmas that okay. were supporting children's mental health, um, talking about kind of, 
um, lots of affirmations. So what does it what does it mean to be powerful? What does it mean to be a friend? Um, what does it mean to have all those elements? So we did quite a few. Oh, of those. I like those. I didn't see those. I'll have a I'll have a look. I'll have a look at those. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah, I will. No, yeah. they're good. They were really good, and we had lots of songs and stuff that we attached to it with the, uh, with some guys called the Positive Bean. So we had some lovely, lovely songs as well as these affirmations that were going with it as well, just to kind of um, just to empower children a bit more and mm. give them their kind of, that kind of hey, it's okay to feel a bit sad. Yeah, it, it's normal. Yeah. Um, so we did lots of lessons um, on uh, on those. Um, moving forward with the shared school, we are looking to team up with um, a phonics company and create some phonics lessons. Again, just some stuff for parents to be able to access online um, just to help develop phonics and sound recognition. Um, And then as well as that, uh, we are now offering parties. So we now do children's parties and um, magic shows. At the shed school, at at the shed, at the... Yeah, so virtually... Um, as well as live ones as well, which is quite nice. So I thought I'd never done it before, um, but I thought actually oh, just tying some clown stuff and tying some other bits and pieces. Massive. So, yeah, doing magic shows and things. Big part yeah. of my business growing up was, um, so of course I saw, taught serious karate, but yeah. I had a thing, my business, or one of the business called Karate Party, right? Which oh, is, cool. And it was, um, the point is about monetizing passion because that, that's the other thing about this. I think, you know, one of my things about some creatives, they are fearful of making money, right? And, and I think that ignores the fact that bills come through the door. I mean, we're all grown-ups, right? We want to give, we want to yeah. love, we want to help, but we also, we've got to pay for our lives. And, and um, the karate party is a brat, made an absolute killing. It got bigger than I could be in the end. Um, but it's really? important, isn't it, actually, joking aside, it's important to monetize stuff and not to be fearful of money. And I think, yeah, when I when the Shed School first started, I'm obviously a big believer in, in offering everything as, for as much as possible for free. Yeah. Uh, and that was the whole purpose. Is that this is a free resource. This is helping children. It's it, it's there available for everybody. And I'm still going to do that and still make sure there is still stuff available for people for free because that's what it's been grown from. And um, they should everybody should have access to it. Yeah. But on the flip of that, I've got to earn a living and I've got yeah. to get by. There's certain overheads that I've got with the company that I need to make sure that are fulfilled. And um, that's just a given. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Uh, so yeah, the, the parties will help with that um, as well as offering something a little bit more personal. Yeah. Um, that was a request way back last year. I said, can you please come to our house and teach us a lesson? <laughs> yeah. Want to. Yeah. If you want that. Yeah, of course we want Mr. Bates at our party. Okay, cool. So it was kind of listening, listening to them, and going, "Well, I'd be silly not to, uh, to do that, really." No, um, that, that's really good, actually, and 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 that's you know you really are good for that. You do walk that line. I say creativity, but there's the money as well, and I think a lot of people um, could learn from that. Listen, just speak to me a second about someone who wants to live the creative life, right? Who basically wants to do what you're doing, living a life that they absolutely love, right, and um, wants to make money doing it or just wants to wake up every day like you do and go, I absolutely love doing this and, and they're not able to do it. They're in a job they hate. What advice? Let's start. I'm going to ask this twice, actually, because you work with young children as well, what you'd say to your students. But firstly, what would you say to an adult who's really struggling? Look, this is how you can go after what you like. I would say if you're like, we've got a friend who's in a job that they hate at the moment. And I said, right. the first thing 
do is get just get out. If you physically hate that job and you cannot stand it, get out of it. Get a job that you that you subsequently don't care about, but that's not causing you pain. Get a job in the coffee shop somewhere that you're doing something simple, something that you're not really thinking about, something that you could leave potentially very quickly if you wanted to. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then give yourself something that you do enjoy. If it's, I don't know, scuba diving, then just get to the coast as much as you can. Get those kind of experiences in um, and and just try stuff. Just try. Just give stuff a try. And I think it's one thing we t- subsequently tell the children quite a lot. Try it. You might like it. Try yeah. it. Yeah. And yeah. I think as an adult, you therefore go, well, I don't like that. But you haven't tried it. So therefore, how do you know? Or you may have tried it 20 years ago, but your mindset's different now. So therefore, try it. See what you might then like it now. Um, I always said I would never do children's parties because I said, no, I don't like that. don't like doing that. Tried it and went, oh, actually, I quite like this now. Absolutely. That's that's a really good point, actually. Coming back round to things that you've tried that you didn't. That I'm I'm the same thing. There are things that I said I wouldn't do that I now go... Yeah, do that. That's absolutely fine. I love yeah. that. That's 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 a really good point. And, and what then if they, you know, if they come back with, oh, you know, with the fear? What if it goes wrong? What? Do, how do you overcome the fear of these things? I think it's that thing of if you if it, if you think it's going to go, or if you, if it does go wrong, um, mistakes are good. So you therefore you know that you don't do it again. You can take that one off and go. Cool. Well, I've tried that one. Didn't, it didn't work for me. I'm going to try something else. Um, that I, I think, yeah, those. It's, it is funny when you look at kind of what we tell children. They're kind of tr- give it a try. You try your best, um, and uh, don't be scared of mistakes. And actually, they're exactly the same as what we're kind of giving advice to our friends and family. Yeah. That yeah. actually, is it like, okay, just try it. Give it a go. If it doesn't work out, mistakes are good. Yeah, it's 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 that mindset of mistakes are mistakes are really good. No drawing is perfect, but the mistake that you've added in will, will make that that drawing your own yeah. and different from everybody else's. And that's an exciting thing. Yeah, no, that's um, a good point. And, and actually say that because you're right. We do say that to, to our children. And I think it's important that when we say it, well, firstly, we say it as educators and parents or, or you know, one or the other or both. But also that... <laughs> It, it, we can we can either just pay it lip service and it not mean anything. We've all heard a thousand teacher quotes that kind of just come out of their mouths by rote, right? We all do it. But actually, when it's then coming from someone like yourself who is living that ideal, that shines through. That makes a big difference. And I've always believed as a teacher, I will never ask my students to do something I either haven't done, right, or I'm not prepared to do, if you see what I mean. I will have always... I'm not saying that you need to be Wimbledon champion to teach tennis, but you need to have played competitively. Right. And yeah. I've always said this as a fighter. I, you know, I haven't, I've got, I haven't got a UFC world title belt, but I've fought all over the world. My point is, I think it's important that we walk the walk. Otherwise your, your students don't, they just kind of feel it. They just kind of go, Oh, I'm not sure about him or her. And that's the thing about you, you do walk the walk. I like that. We've all had a teacher, and I, I certainly had a teacher that was uh, was very much like that, who was telling me how to do comedy stuff. Right. And um, uh, I then questioned him on it, and he hadn't done anything himself. And it was yeah. like, oh, well, all my respect for you is gone. Uh, and therefore, I don't know really what I'm learning from you, because he, he was a brilliant teacher. Yeah. But in that respect, he wasn't, it was that kind of, well, who are you to tell me what to do? Yeah. Um, if you haven't tried it, and if you haven't given it stuff a go, and 
and and and either succeeded in it or not succeeded in it, it was a bit irrelevant because you haven't even gave it a go. So I had the same thing at business school. I went back to because uh, I'd you know started all sorts of different businesses and companies etc. And I thought I, I should really get some sort of qualification. So I went back to adult community college and did business. Anyway, turns out, same as you. And I wasn't being an ass. I wasn't being confrontational. I was just fascinated what small business as an entrepreneur, this, this lecturer had started. Same thing. Uh, I haven't. Yeah. And I just, and I, I, I was like, I can't, I can't, at least I didn't actually go back because I was like, there's literally no point. I could look all this stuff up online. And for me, I just need to, you know, I'll learn business by just doing it or messing it up, <laughs> mostly messing it up. Yeah, no. I'm making you own it. We, we must walk the walk, I think. I think that's important. Definitely. Right, and listen, definitely. just to finish up on, um, I've enjoyed every part of this, Ash. I could speak to you forever. One, this is impossible. I always ask the impossible question, right? <laughs> because it just, yeah. if, if, you know, people listen to this, of course, um, I wanted to see what, hopefully, what, you know, what our guests do. So if you could just leave them with one bit of advice that they, they come away from this podcast and they're driving, they think, Hmm, that's a really that's actually a really good bit of advice that, that's that's in their head about living the life that they want to live what would it be man i would say not be selfish but do things do things that you enjoy um that ultimately help other people i think if, you, if you're helping other people then um it, it, you get that reward um emotionally and Ultimately, you'll get it financially as well, um, but just by just by being nice. I don't think anybody's succeeded in life by being horrid to each other. Um, you just don't get very far. Those horrid people you don't want to see. You don't want, you don't want to know them. Mm. So be nice and do things do things for you. If you think it feels right, then give it a go to see what happens. Um, but obviously, without being selfish, it's hard to get that balance. But um, yeah it's tricky with that it's how do you kind of define it as what 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 works best um but go just by trying it give stuff a go and i think the more things for me i always think that if by the time i'm 90 and on my deathbed i could say if someone said oh can you do that I go yeah i can do that and i've done that oh and i've done that and i've tried that and i've given that a go and i give that the last thing you want to be there is something going oh i didn't try anything of that because i was too scared and i couldn't be bothered yeah. like even i just give stuff a go like what's what's the worst that could happen by just giving something a go really well i'll tell you i told you you'd like him and i told you he's one of the best blokes that i've met and that's absolutely bang on good Brilliant advice there from Ash. Ash, listen, man, I enjoyed every second. For you guys listening, um, you know what I'm going to say. So I'm going to say it again. Share this stuff with people that you love because you know there's someone out there who's not quite living the life that they want to lead. I'm not suggesting that we have all the answers, but we do have people who are loving their life and making a difference. And you can too. So share this episode with someone you know struggling. And as ever, Take care of yourselves, take care of those you love, and I will see you next time. Lots of love. Bye.